I have the joy and privilege of introducing two people this morning. Uh, the, you already know them. Well, if, you're, if you've been here for a minute, you know them. Uh, the first one is the, the man who's going to be preaching God's word this morning is Bill Hicks. And I'm super excited. Bill Hicks is a retired pastor, but we know once a pastor, always a pastor. And his heart just bleeds shepherding. Like he loves people and it's just, it's contagious. And he cares deeply. Even if he, you feel like he doesn't know you very well, I guarantee you he cares deeply about you and your relationship with Jesus. That's Bill Hicks. He, he and Pam have been members here two years, maybe? Two years. They lead a community group. They host that community group. Many of you know his shepherding heart within that group, and they're just awesome servants of King Jesus. So I'm excited for him to bring the word, and we're going to give him a warm welcome in just a little bit after uh, another man who's awesome is going to share his testimony um, so Bill will be preaching the word, but before that, as we do on the second Sunday of each month, we have a member of Grace Life share their story of how the Lord has worked in their life, whether it's their salvation or another time in their walk with him where they've just seen God show up. So Jason Best is going to share. He and Allison are incredible as well. They host a community group. They lead a community group. And Jason just, he has a contagious love and joy he just loves being around God's people, and I can just see it. It's in his face, it's in his heart, and he loves having people in their home and just sharing that space. They really view their home as God's, and they just open it up to us as a church often. Um, so let's give Jason a really warm welcome as he comes to share. I'm super nervous. So I'm Jason, and uh, this is my story. I was saved at an early age. We started going to church, and I heard about being a Christian, and I confessed my sins and asked Jesus into my heart. I would go into heaven. I believed in him, and I remember really being on fire for him and telling all my friends and family about Jesus, wanting everyone to hear the good news of God. But unfortunately, probably over the next few years, I really started to stray from God because I had an adolescence faith and not so much of a foundation. I quit going to church. I stopped reading my Bible and I became consumed with my friends and my peers instead of the Lord. I grew up in a really rough neighborhood. My friends were in gangs, doing drugs, getting in fights, stealing cars. They would all try to influence me but before I would take it too far, I would always stop, or more realistically, God would stop me. Looking back, it's so clear how he had his hand over me, and the fear of the Lord was deep within me, even though I didn't know it. How much grace was poured out to me when I didn't deserve it. How many times I chose my flesh and sin, but he patiently waited, never stopping, and never stopped pursuing me. When I got to high school, God was the last thing on my mind. And I remember my cousin invited me to church. It's funny how God's perfect timing, how he works through people. When I was on younger and I was on fire for Christ, my cousin wanted nothing to do with God. 
And I would pray for him every day. And I didn't understand why God wouldn't save him. Now I was the one who had gone astray. And it was my cousin who was fighting me back. It wasn't from that invitation. I'd probably be in jail. And, in, and that's when I first kind of understood God's perfect timing. Most of my teen, late teen years and my early 20s was a lot of me kind of going back and forth. Um, and then I joined the military and I really strayed away from God again. I became a womanizer. I was addicted to adult content and stayed on that path for a very long time. I battled with this sin, but I found ways to justify it, like we all do with our idols. But even in our deepest, darkest moments, God is so patient. A few years after I got out of the Navy, I met the love of my life in a nightclub on the dance floor of all places. I thought she would solve my problems. She would, she would essentially be my new idol. I believed I wouldn't have the problems of always chasing girls and indulging in adult content if I was just married. And for a while it did work, but then I started looking at things I shouldn't look at, and our marriage was in shambles. Christ was not the center of our marriage. We were both selfish, not selfless. And I would always justify my sin by saying, well, at least I'm not cheating, or everyone else is doing it. We knew something wasn't right, and we should probably go to church. I felt like this is when God really truly started to reveal himself to us. We consistently started going to church, and I was constantly in the word. We surrounded ourselves with Christian friends who pointed us to, to Christ, and my knowledge of the gospel really started to grow. I love and I will always be a huge fan of community groups because how I've personally seen God work through them. And even though I was growing in knowledge, I still continued to indulge in my flesh and I kept it a secret from my wife. I definitely felt shame and guilt when I did, but I didn't stop. It's like Romans 7.15. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. I know Allison is okay with me sharing this, because she shared it in her testimony, but one day she came to me and she said she needed to confess some sin to me. She told me she had committed adultery. I was devastated. Basically, my idol had disappointed me, as all idols do. But God was definitely drawing us both closer to him because he showed me the pain and suffering that I was causing by cheating as well. I was looking at these images of women and I was cheating with my mind and my heart every day. But God gave us the strength to forgive each other. I remember the day it happened. After crying and feeling hurt, I felt an overwhelming sense of peace. I felt that I needed to forgive her. 
And after we confessed those sins to each other, I believe it really changed us both. It truly helped us to understand forgiveness and the gravity of our sins. I didn't know it at the time, but God was preparing us for great blessings. Because shortly after, she became pregnant with our first son. I always say children are a lot of work, but it's worth it. It's so amazing how much you can love them that I had a second son. We were overwhelmed with joy. We continued to walk with the Lord and blessings were just being poured out on us. But we still felt like something was lacking. We hadn't really truly surrendered to God in all parts of our life. We found out that we were going to have a third child. I remember at 20 weeks, excited to find out the gender. It ended up taking a really long time with the ultrasound, then re-looking at him. They left the room. She went to go get the doctor. I knew something wasn't right. The nurse got really quiet. She was kind of making jokes at first. Then they came back and told us it was a boy. But there was something wrong with his heart. And then they were going to have to do some more tests. And God was also testing our faith. Nico was born with five heart defects and a condition called heterotaxy, where his organs are flip-flopped and mirrored, his stomach is on the wrong side, he was born without a spleen, and he had a lot of other intestinal issues. But the main concern was his heart and his cardiovascular system. He was born by an emergency C-section, immediately put on oxygen, and rushed to the children's hospital. I left my wife minutes after recovering from surgery to stay with my newborn. They told us his lungs may not work, that he may not be able to breathe and make it through the night. He did breathe. It was the first of many miracles But he needed heart surgery. He received his first open heart surgery when he was just days old. The surgeons gave him a 50-50 chance. At the time, his heart was smaller than a quarter. They had difficulties with the first surgery. He still wasn't getting enough oxygenated blood, so he went under for a second heart surgery 14 days later. They again gave him a 50-50 chance that he'd even come out alive. I remember I kept thinking, is this the last day I will get to see him? Not wanting to leave him because time with him was probably gonna be so limited. And things actually continued to get worse because his valve and his heart started to fail and he was then put on the heart transplant list. He wasn't able to get enough oxygen to properly digest food. So they fed him via IVs 
which caused him to have brittle bone disease. He had fractures in his ribs, both of his arms, and both of his legs, just from doing simple tasks, like changing his diaper. We had to be super gentle with him, and I know he was in a lot of pain, and we couldn't even hold him. Because all of his lines, his IVs, and his brittle bones, we would just rub the top of his head. But God had been strengthening our faith, our marriage, and drawing us in, comforting us. I knew that he's the better father, like it says in Matthew. And for so many months, the only way I was able to function was I had to repeat the same prayer. I would say, God, I know you are a good and perfect father, better than I am. So if you want to take my son early, I know you will be a good and perfect father to him. And I will see him in heaven. And I'm okay with that. But if he could stay a little longer, I'd really appreciate it. And that was my prayer and faith. And I truly believed it. He got a heart transplant. And when he went into the surgery, he was very sick. They again gave him a 50-50 chance. Which basically means they can't guarantee anything. They really don't know if he's going to live or not. But I had peace. I trusted in God. And God heard our prayers. He decided to give us more time with our youngest son. And he's still here today. And now I understand what it means to truly surrender even the lives of our children. I can honestly say that I'm going to continue to walk with God for the rest of my life because I have the comfort of knowing him. I know the creator of the universe and he loves me and he adopts me. And there's nothing that can take that away. And there is so much peace in knowing that. In many ways, it's given me perspective on what's important and on how so many things that we are upset about are just wants, but not needs. And that's my story. <laughs>